0: Go ahead and turn to Luke chapter twenty-four. Luke chapter twenty-four. We're continuing our study of the sayings of Peter, and we're looking at really a special section. This is Peter's restoration. I mean, we already we watched last, you know, just a couple of times where Peter failed, where he denied Christ three different times, and it was just a terrible thing. Here's here we're looking at Peter's restoration, and one of the great things to realize: failure is not the end for each of us as believers. Failure never has to be the end. Every one of us in this room have sinned. Every one of this room have messed up. Every one of us in this room, it sometimes have probably said to ourselves, I've done way too much, or this is too bad, or I've lived too wrong for a while, or I've done something. And sometimes we think, well, maybe God won't use us anymore. Well, here's the great truth it is never too late to serve Christ. God is a gracious God, He's compassionate. He's forgiving. He will use us for his glory as long as he has us on this earth. If you're still alive, he'll use you. And all you really want to say to him is, Lord, I'll take my life. Use me. I want my life to count for you. No, no matter what the background is. So let me give you, you, you most of you know I trusted, I, I, I believed in Christ uh, when I was in college, when I was 19. You could say it was the greatest day of my life because I went from death to life. I knew I had eternal life. For about the first four or five months, I was on fire. I'd go to the library. I went to church. I'd tell people about Christ. I just did everything. Then I went home for the summer, and it kind of faded away during the summer because there was nobody there, and there wasn't a church or anything because my folks had moved from Meridian, Mississippi, which is a big town, to Quitman, Mississippi, which is a real small town. I didn't know anybody there. And, and so for that summer, it was kind of a sad summer, and I didn't grow. And when I went back to school, I didn't get involved. At what, and so I didn't, start, I, didn't, I, I didn't grow. And then I went to Mississippi State, and I started coaching there, and I sure didn't grow there. In fact, I went the other way, and uh, I, I started doing things I probably shouldn't have ever done. And, and it came to a point where God dealt with me, and I said to him, I want my life to count for you. And the truth is, it's never too late. You could have said, well, JB, you were on fire back then, but now you blew it because you messed up. No, God says, listen, I'll take you right where you are. And by the grace of God, I I got to serve him. I get to serve him now, and it's the grace of God. And every day, we look at the same way. Every one of us sin, we sin daily, right? If God said, I won't use you if you sin, none of us will be used because we all sin and come short of the glory of God. But God is a gracious God. God will take us where we are. I always think of John Mark. John Mark was on the missionary journey. Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark left. They left, and they went to an island, and then they went to a place called Pamphylia. And they got there, and John Mark left and went back home. And Paul and Barnabas went, and they went through what's the, called the Galatia region, the people who wrote the book to the Galatian, you know, letter to the Galatians, And then when they came back and they got ready to go on a second missionary journey, Barnabas said, let's take John Mark. And Paul said, we're not taking John Mark because John Mark quit on the first one. He failed. He quit. And, and, And Barnabas said, well, I think we ought to take him. And Paul said, no, I don't think we ought to take him. So they split up. And Barnabas took John Mark and Paul took a guy named Silas and they left. Years later, somebody would say, well... Paul was through with old John Mark. At the last letter Paul wrote, Paul said, Bring John Mark. He is faithful in ministry. We all mess up. There are times when you said, I'm going to do this, and then you didn't do it. There may be times that you said, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm committing to this Bible study. And you don't. And you say, well, I blew it. And it's, it's never too late to start again, it's never too late. Uh, to, to serve God, because God will take us and use us. And so what do we see here? We see Peter. And he did something that we would say is really bad, denied Christ, because we deny Christ anytime time we don't obey him, but he denied Christ, and he denied him publicly. And he started off when they said, you were with him, and he said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he said again, and he, and he gave, swore, he gave a little, no, I, I don't know. And then the last one, he gave a curse and everything, like curse be upon me, I don't know who this guy is. But later, He's restored, and we're going to see this. And so, as we look at Peter, there are really key events in his life. He denied Christ three times, but Peter, as an apostle of Christ, gave the first message of the church on the day of Pentecost. Now, what are the chances of that? I'll bet you when Peter denied Christ and was off by himself, he never thought he would be the main person to proclaim the message of the church to start start the church. I bet you he never thought that. What we see is a great contrast between failure, restoration, and service. And so as we continue our study this morning, we're going to see the restoration and the service, and we'll just get to a little bit of that. I think there's a lot there. So two things, restoration of Peter to fellowship, just to make sure we, we see how it all fits together, and then Peter's service, and we'll get into a little bit of it. We won't get a lot of it. We'll get some of it next week as well. Now, so look at Luke. You're at Luke chapter 24. Jesus Christ has died on the cross, paid for sin, and he's risen again. And it's on the first day of the week, if you notice on the first day of the week, early dawn, the, the ladies came, the women came to uh, bring spices, and they found the stone ruled away. they went in, and they didn't find the body of Jesus. They were all w- uh, wondering about it. Two men appeared, two angels appeared. They were all uh, perplexed. but here's what the angels said. As the women were terrified and bowed their, this is verse five, as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said, "Why do you seek the living one among the dead?" Why are you looking for Jesus here? He's not here. He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee? And what did he say? That the Son of Man will be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified and rise again the third day? And I remember that they remembered all that Christ had told them. Look at the next verse. They remembered his words, and they returned to the, from the tomb and reported all these things to the 11. Guess who one of the 11 is? Who is it? Peter. And to the rest. They went and said, hey, Jesus is alive. We saw two angels, and they said, what are you coming here looking for Jesus in a dead place? He's alive. And so if you remember that Peter got up, verse 12, Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home marveling at what had happened. Now picture yourself as Peter. You have just blown it, right? And it's it's been three days or more. And they tell you, some women tell you they saw an angel, a couple of angels, and that Jesus was alive. And you said, I, I can't really believe that. I'm just going to go out there and check it out for myself. And so he runs out there, and we know from the other Gospels uh, uh, that Peter and, and James, uh, Peter and John went. And, and he looked in, and he went away marveling. Now, here's the question. Was, was Jesus really alive? Yes. How could Peter face Jesus after what he had done? If you're Peter and you go out there and you realize what he, he, he is alive, what did I just do? I just told him that, I just told people I didn't even know him. And he looked at me. You remember I told you all that one of the gospels that right in the middle of the third denial, Jesus looks at him. And so... He's gone out, he's cried, he's wept, he's all upset. And he says, what am I going to do? What are you going to do? What do you do when you hurt somebody you love? You think, how can I face them after what I've done? And so we're going to see restoration and service, and they go together. Now, I want to remind you of something, that right after this event, there were some guys... And they were were on the road to Emmaus. They were leaving Jerusalem, and they were going about six to eight miles to a little town called Emmaus. And as they were walking, suddenly somebody joins them. That was not uncommon. People did not like to walk alone because of robbers, so they usually went in pairs or three or four or five. And so this guy joins them. And it's Jesus, but he's fixed it where they can't recognize him. And they're walking alone, and Jesus said, what are y'all talking about? Because they were talking about that they had heard that Jesus had risen from the grave, that some of the women had went out to the tomb, and he had risen from the grave. And so Jesus says, what are y'all talking about? And they tell Jesus what they're talking about. They actually say, you must not be from around here, because everybody knows what's going on. And they told Jesus what happened, and then Jesus taught them the scripture about the fact that the Messiah had to die, and rise again. And then they get to Emmaus, and they ask him to eat supper with them. And as he eats, he takes the bread and breaks it, which is unusual because it's their house. He breaks the bread. I think they saw the scars. All of a sudden, they realize that Jesus, he disappears. And they went, wow, no wonder when he taught us, it was amazing, and our hearts burned within us. So they get up and run back. They, they, at night, they make a six-mile trip or an eight-mile trip back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples... That Jesus is alive. And they have seen him. And if you look at verse 33. It says, they got up that very hour. And returned to Jerusalem and found together the 11. And those were all together saying. And here's what they were saying. The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. Say, he's alive. The Lord is alive. And, he's, and he appeared to, to Peter. Peter. So when these guys got there, they thought, we're going to tell something they don't know. Jesus is alive. When they got there, they looked at him and said, Jesus is alive. He's already appeared to Peter. What do you think he said to Peter? And what do you think Peter said to him? What do you say to God when you mess up? I'm sorry. (laughs) I did it again. I failed you again. I confess my sin. I tell all myself. Right? Is that what you did? Yeah. You think that's what Peter did? I think he fell down before of Jesus and said, I blew it. I blew it big time. You told me I was going to deny you. I told you I would not do it. And I did it. I denied you. Matthew said, and Matthew, uh, but well, let me put that question. Did Peter confess? Did Jesus forgive? Were they back in fellowship? Let me ask you a question. You think they're back in fellowship? I think so. We'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. So in Matthew 28, he says, they go into Galilee. He told about meet you in Galilee. They're going to Galilee. We've seen in 1 John 1 9, if you confess your sins, these faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. And now we're going to see the service. So what I want you to do is turn to John 21. Turn to John chapter 21. And we're going to see. Now, you're Peter. And Jesus has appeared to you and met with you. And the way it's written in the Greek and the way it implies is that Jesus didn't meet with Peter with a whole bunch of people around. It said Jesus has appeared and he has appeared to Peter, right? So I think Jesus said, Peter, I, I need to talk with you alone. Usually that's bad, right? Usually when somebody says, okay, we need to talk. You know, it's not you, it's me, you know, that kind of thing, Right? <laughs> so here, here he is And Jesus said Peter I'd like to talk with you And Peter said I blew it I blew it I, I, I failed you After all you've done for me I blew it What do you say Lord You have given me eternal life You have saved me You've given me gifts You've used me You've given me family You've given me friends You've given I've blown it and I've I've blown it again for the hundred millionth time. I've blown it again. Is that what you say? That's what we all say, isn't it? Lord, I did it again. I blew it. I failed you again. What does Jesus say? What does he say to you when you say, Lord, I blew it again? What does he say? I love you. I'm faithful and just to forgive you. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? How many of us have sinned? How many of us confess our sins? What does he tell us? You're faithful and just to do what? Forgive us and to cleanse us. So now what are we going to do? Are we going to go back and keep sinning again? And, And if we do, we go back and we say, I blew it again. And he says, I know. What are we supposed to do? You know what he wants us to do? He wants us to serve him and to live for him. He wants us to get past always sinning and, con- and confessing. And, then, and then we're going to do that the rest of our lives. We've got to do that. But he wants us to serve him. So look at John. Let me see. If I, look at John 21. Just flip over there. Did I already tell you to turn there? John 21? Okay, look. So there, uh, Jesus has disappeared again. <laughs> he he comes and he goes. You remember the famous one where... where uh, uh, Thomas was there, and, and uh, the guys, Jesus, uh, Thomas wasn't there, and the guys, Jesus appeared to the guys, and then Thomas shows up, and Jesus had already left, and they said, Jesus was here. And Thomas says, no, you're not. Uh, you, no, we saw him, we saw him. And Thomas goes, unless I actually see him or touch the side. Um, eight days later, Jesus appears again, and he says, go ahead and touch me. So, so Jesus is coming and going, you know. And he's coming and going, let's just face it. And, and the guys are scared, but they don't know what to do, so they decide that Jesus had told them to go to Galilee to a mountain, which he had told them. We don't know what mountain it was. So they get there. They get to the Sea of Galilee. Look at chapter 21, verse 1. Now, after these things, Jesus manifested himself again. This is another time he shows himself to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, that Sea of Galilee, and he manifested himself in this way. So he says, now, John writes and says, Jesus showed himself again, and this is how he did it. So look at the next verse. So here they are. They've decided... That they're going to go fishing. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee. That's James and John, and two others. If you're the two others, you know what you'd say. Why ain't my name in the Bible? Yeah, they, Two others. What about uh, chopped liver? I mean, I should have been in there too, right? So Simon got his name, and Thomas got his name, and Nathaniel got his name, and James and John didn't get their name, but they by no sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. And you can see them going, we didn't even make the scripture. I mean, there we were. We had a shot. We had a shot. Right? And so they're there. And what are they doing? They're, Peter and his disciples are at the Sea of Galilee. And they said, and Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. And now, I've told you this before. We've talked about it already. But a lot of people want to say that Peter has given up and that he wants to go back to be a fisherman and he's not going to do anything. That's wrong. We already know he's met with Jesus. We already know he's been forgiven. We'll see more in a minute. We already know that he's in fellowship with God. And we already know that he's there because Jesus told him to go there. He is not running away. And why is he going fishing? Well, he's a fisherman and they're hanging around and they go, what should we do while we wait for Jesus? Because he's not here. Well, it says, so Simon Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. And they said to him, we'll come with you. Okay, might as well. And they went out and got into the boat, and that night, they caught nothing, which seems to be a lot of times it happens. And then so, but the next day, it was daylight, and see, they'd been out on the boat, and they literally did my lot they're fishing at night, and so here they are at night, and they go all night long, they don't catch anything, which is probably a little unusual, they didn't catch anything. Now, the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, the disciples didn't know it was Jesus. They saw a man out there, they're far enough off, they're about 100 yards away, and they, they can't tell it's Jesus. They just see it's a man. And Jesus said to them, children, which is a strange thing for him, you know, children, they should have got a hint right there. You do not have any fish, do you? I told you all this, that the way it's written in the Greek, it's expected a no answer. He didn't say, did you catch any fish? He says, you didn't catch any fish, did you? That's what he really said. And they all go, whoa. They answered him, no, we didn't. We didn't. And he said to them, Well, cast on to the other side. Cast on that right side of the boat. And so they cast, and they went, I can't even haul it in because the great number of fish. Therefore, the disciple who Jesus loved. Who is that? Who is the disciple Jesus loved? That's John. He's the youngest. He's called the disciple that Jesus. He even writes that. He says, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. He loved me the most. I was his favorite. I got to sit right by him. I was right beside him at the Last Supper. He actually said that there's no telling how long I'm going to live because Jesus actually said, what if I want him to live until I come back? And so John's kind of the, he was the youngest, and he said, I'm, I'm the disciple Jesus loved, whom the disciple whom Jesus loved, he said to Peter, he said, Peter, Peter, it's the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for his for work. And what did he do? He threw himself into the sea. I had one person I read that said uh, he threw himself in the sea to drown himself. How ridiculous. He's trying to get to Jesus. He's not drowning himself. He's trying to get to Jesus as fast as he can. He says, I'm not even waiting for the boat because you got the fish. It's going to take a while to get this boat to the shore with all this fish we just caught. And so I'm, I'm jumping in. And so basically he said, it's the Lord. And Peter jumps in the water to swim. And he, uh, t- tell, me, tell me, do you think he's in a hurry to get to Jesus? Do you think somebody out of fellowship and had denied Christ and had never dealt with it, do you think he'd be in a hurry to get to Jesus? No, he would not. He is back with the Lord, wants to be there, does everything he can. And see, that's what we should do. When we blow it and we blow it, when we blow it and we confess it, Jump on and say, from that, Lord, I'm going full speed for you. I uh, got fired up. I told you I got fired up. I was coaching at Mississippi State. I got fired up. I was going good. I was really growing. I was doing great. And I did something I thought was wrong. It, it was wrong. But not, it wasn't real bad wrong, but it was wrong. And I was so disappointed and that I said, I cannot believe I let God down. Like this, I let Jesus down. And for about two or three days, I was like, and some people even noticed, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. And I kind of went to nap, and that's the pastor, and, and nap said, what's wrong with you? I said, well, truth is, I, blew, I just, you know, I disappointed God because I messed up, and, and I, I'm just real disappointed, and I'm real down. He said, well, that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to say, oh, I'm so down. I, God can't use me. I blew it. That's exactly what he wants you to do. Get up and get going. I went, okay. So what do we do when we sin? Confess it and get up and what? Get going. What is Peter doing? He's swimming as fast as he can to get there. He wants to be with Jesus. And, and, and I love it when, when uh, I, I don't know if I put, he, he no. Yeah, I did. Peter is not waiting on others. Peter's in a hurry to get to Jesus. Peter's not out of fellowship. So look what happens when they get to verse 12. I love this. Let me look at the time. Okay. Jesus said to them, come have breakfast. (laughs) So they know it's Jesus. But notice, none of the disciples ventured to question him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. They're scared to death to say, is is it really you? Jesus came and took the bread, gave it to them and the fish likewise. What does that remind you of? Huh? The Lord's, it reminds you of feeding the 5,000. It reminds you of feeding the what? Fish and bread? The 4,000. That's what he's doing. He's showing them. That's who he is. And by the way, it's a charcoal fire. Where was Peter when he denied Christ? At a charcoal fire. And now Jesus has a charcoal fire. So when Peter gets there and he smells that charcoal, he's going to remember again what happened. What happened. And so now, here's restoration and so it's, that's, that's going to be the key. We've seen, we've seen the restoration, and then there's the, the whole idea of service, and it's never too late to serve. And so verse 15 goes on and says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, and I'm going to stop right there, because first of all, I want to remind you of this. What is the goal of a believer? Our goal as a child of God is to bring glory to Christ. First Corinthians 6:19. glorify God in our lives. What does God want to do with Peter? I mean, he wants to use him. And he's not going to use him to do a little stuff. He's going to use him to be the main guy on the day of Pentecost to proclaim the great message. Can God use you to do great things? Yes, Yes, no matter. Listen, it doesn't matter how much you've messed up. He's going to take you. If you say, Lord, take my life and use me for your glory, he will take you and do things beyond what you could ask or imagine. It is never Too late, never. The key is love. The key is love. the The whole love is the foundation for our service. It it, it, the key for everything. What did Jesus say? Uh, If you love me, keep my commandments. Abide in my love over and over. Abide in my love. If you love me, keep my commandments. How do you serve people? Galatians five thirteen. By love, serve one another. The basis is love. So I want you to look at something. Look at again. At verse 15, so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter. Now, let me tell you something. They, the, best, the best that we can tell is maybe he and Peter got up and started walking away. Because a little bit later, as they're talking, they're walking. So maybe they're walking at this point. We're not sure. But what we also find out is as they're walking, guess who's walking behind them? John, because John thinks I should be involved in everything, Right? Right, so he, you know, And so what, look what happens. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now the question is, what is these? Is it the other disciples? Is it fishing? Is it bread and fish? What, what is it? What, what, more than these? These what? And so he says, oh, yes, Lord. And I'm not going to go into detail. We're going to go into detail next week. He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He says, serve me, tend my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, shepherd my sheep. That's a big responsibility. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time. Why did he say it three times? Because he denied him three times. Exactly. Do you love me? We're going to talk about the words love next week. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, take care of my sheep. See, that's a big deal. Shepherd the sheep. That's that's what he did. Now, by the way, look at verse 20. Peter turned around and (laughs) Peter turned around and he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him, following them, the one who had leaned back on the bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the betrays you? And so Peter said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said, If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Let me just say one thing. We can look around and say, how's God going to use this person, this person, this person, this person? You know what matters? How's God going to use you? Don't worry about the other people. Don't worry about if somebody gets to do something better than you. Or somebody may get to do something not as good as you. He said, don't worry about that. If I want him to stay on the earth until I come back, what is that to you? You follow me. And we're going to talk more about that next time. Wow. So, the key to failure... When, is, is restoration and service. And there's never a time that it's too late. Peter's restored. And in Galilee, what does Jesus say to him? Take care of my sheep. He, he says that you got a big job coming. And Peter could also say, are you sure it's me? I mean, look what I've done, Jesus says. It's already gone. What happens to our sin when we confess it? He's faithful and just to what? Forgive it and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's gone. So let me give you this real quickly, and then we'll go to grow group time. Uh, oh, two things Peter said when, he talks, uh, when Jesus talks to Peter. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep, serve me. So let's deal, let's deal with sin by confession. That's what we got to do. We need to be restored to fellowship. Peter needed to be restored. He blew it. He went out. He was sad. He was upset. He knew he blew it. He knew that he did exactly what Jesus told him he was going to do. And he did, but when Jesus came to him, I'm sure he said, I blew it. And I'm sure Jesus said, I love you. What does Jesus say to us? Listen, you, you're running into his arms. You've got, you got to picture this. You've got a heavenly father that loves you more than you can imagine. And whenever we blow it, just run to him and say, Lord, I blew it again. I blew it again. What does he say? I love you. His love never changes. It's never too late to serve Christ Christ. There's some people who are young who've said, I've blown it, I can't do stuff. Yes, you can. There's some people who are older. They say, well, I've, I've messed up and God wouldn't use an old person. Yes, he would. Yeah, he'll use you. And that doesn't matter. He, lo- he used Daniel when he was young and he used Daniel when he was old. He used Moses when he was started. Moses started his ministry at age 80. Wow, it's never too late. Let's understand the foundation For service is love. If you love me, do what? Take care of the sheep. Take care of each other.